Hello, beautiful souls. In this podcast, we are diving into Elizabeth Pearson's chart. She is a 4-6 Blenick projector. And just to reconnect to who Elizabeth is and what she does, she is an executive coach. She is the founder of Elizabeth Pearson Executive Coaching. And she is a professional spiritual seeker, writer, wife, and mother. She fully believes and understands the power of personal growth and the impact it can have on others. And she knows that when you focus on improving yourself, you can have a ripple effect on those around you, whether working with one person or a group. She believes in the power of individual growth to create collective change. And she encourages people to focus on the small steps and not feel like they have to make a gigantic impact to make a difference. Elizabeth knows that every person in every step counts. So let's dive in to her chart. Do you spend all of your time building and maintaining your business so that you achieve the success you envision? Do you feel frustrated, unfulfilled, and have a loss or disconnect from your creative flow? Are you a conscious leader that is ready for change when it comes to society's views on money, wealth, relationships, and what prosperity truly means? If so, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Provoking Prosperity Podcast. I am your host, Miranda Mitchell. I am a 2-4 manager who is here to empower and equip you to step out of the box of social norms, guide you into using your voice for inspiration and impact, and support you in finding what prosperity means for you so that you have the business and life that fulfills you. So grab that cup of coffee, get comfy, and get ready to hear the heartwarming and heart-wrenching personal stories, all things human design and jinkies, plus tangible practices that you can implement right now for your personal and business growth. Hello, beautiful souls. It is Miranda and Elizabeth Pearson here going into her chart. Again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for letting us do this. I can't wait. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm super excited. Who doesn't love to like care about themselves and their energetic, you know, I feel like cosmos types energy and purpose. This is amazing. Yeah, and I hope that you walk away with something. I'm, that's my always my goal is hopefully you'll walk away with something like, oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. So your chart, you are a 4-6 Splenic projector. So mm-hmm. yes, you're like, hmm. Okay. So the first thing I would like to touch on is, do you know what Splenic projector, what that means? I feel okay. like I have a very basic understanding of projector, but not the specific one. Okay, perfect. So projectors make up 20% of society. You oversee others' energy. So basically you see other people's energies more than you see your own. So sometimes projectors can get lost in their own energy because they get so consumed with everyone else's energy. And you really can see the potential for humanity as a whole, which can really make you bitter at times because you get frustrated that people don't see what the heck is going on. That checks out. Okay, perfect. <laughs> now the splenic part is like a little, it's like one of my favorites because it's in the now moment. Okay. So I'm wondering, have you connected with your intuition? And when you just know in that moment, and then you take that action. Yeah, I'm super impulsive, uh, very decisive, (laughs) almost to the point of stubborn. Like, 
Yeah. And I, I love what you said too, about like the energy of others. I think being as a coach, uh, being a coach, sometimes I struggle with how to detach from others energies that I deeply absorb um, in sessions and, you know, worry about them after we talk, think about them, you know, all of the stuff, right. Really just want to make sure, because I know this piece that you said, you know, of overall humanity, I do feel like it's one drop in the ocean, but it still makes an impact, right? People one-on-one absolutely can go out and have a ripple effect. So it feels like a big responsibility to make sure that you're really helping them become the best versions of themselves. Yeah. And I love that you said that too, because it truly is a ripple effect. When you work on yourself, you ripple out externally to everyone that you connect with and who they then connect with. Every person you work with, it's the same thing. So you're really actually making collective growth through one individual person, which a lot of people don't know. They think they have to make this big impact and it has to be so gigantic. But if you're focusing and entirely fully in it with that one person, the impact can be huge. And I think even if it's like a really temporary interaction too, right? Like maybe you're just really pissed off because you can't find a parking spot at Costco. So you cut somebody off or you flip somebody off or whatever. Like that creates a ripple effect too, guys. Like not saying we have to be Zen all the time, but I think just that self-awareness of like, okay, whatever energy I put out into this river, if you will, will it will be carried and ultimately will circle back around to me probably with greater intensity when it comes back. Right. So I love that you're saying that. Yeah. The ripple effect, big or small, man, it can be a small interaction, just uh, giving somebody some bad vibes at Starbucks because they got their drink before yours. Like it's not good. Like we Mm -hmm. just have to be more aware of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the splenic too, I want to go into that because, you know, you, you said you're impulsive, mm-hmm. but maybe a different word would be that you just know in the moment, because as a splenic projector, your authority is splenic. So what that means, the spleen is intuition, insight, instinct. So what that means is in the moment, you know, if it's for you or not. And if you then get up in the mind and question, oh, is that for me? Then you're already, you're already out of the moment. You're already past it. Yeah. I have a tendency to do that, like to feel really strongly about something. But then after like five minutes, I'm like, well, let me just see what everybody else thinks. And then once I start consulting outside counsel, it's all hell's broken. I mean, I just, then I just really don't know. And I feel paralyzed. And I just want to say there's a reason for that. And I'm going to explain that for you so that you have some love and compassion for yourself in this area. You have a totally open head, so there's no gate activations in the head. This is where insight, inspirations, ideas come from. But when this is white or undefined or open, in your case, you receive all of this information from other people. So depending on who you're around, you're receiving all of this information. So there's so many ideas for you. But the thing is, is all of these ideas are not yours. You're taking it in from other people. So of of course, you're going to have uncertainty because you're like, wait a minute, there's all these ideas, but in the moment, my spleen said, okay, it's in the now, but was that in the now? So there's that question. Mm. So it's about really tuning into in the now moment, following the intuition. Plus you have the gate 48 here, which the gate 48 is all about in the lowest expression. It's all about inadequacy. So you have the open head plus the 48 
and you're in this, you have a spleen and you're splenic. So it's like tuning in and maybe doing meditation or whatever practices that you do yeah. really tune into your inner knowing and trusting that without any doubt. Yeah. I'm a big man. I'm a big meditator. I, I know for some people, they claim it doesn't work for them. And I think everybody has different practices that resonate for me. Meditation has been the vibe for 12 years. Um, and I absolutely love it. I do feel a lot more confident after that. And it's not that these, you know, very crystal clear messages come through or anything. A lot of times it feels like very like a lucid dream kind of situation where I see things, but I do feel like that is very grounding, which is kind of the opposite. I think a lot of times what meditation can be seen as is this way to kind of transcend. But for me, it has the opposite effect. It really does make me feel more secure. So those inadequacies that really are waiting to pop up, it really does, I feel like at least lower the volume on them. And that's your own awareness. That's the beautiful thing is when people are doing their own work, even if they don't mm -hmm. know a lot about their chart, you actually are doing a lot of things that you need. So meditation helps you feel grounded, which you have an open root and you have the open head. These are the two pressure centers. So you definitely can be under pressure to figure things out and to get everything done. But since you have that meditation practice, you already know that you need that to stay grounded. So you're already in alignment without even knowing this about yourself. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Your body just knows. Like on days when I don't meditate or if I haven't meditated in a couple of days, I will get a migraine. Like it's just, it will happen. Um, and I always tell my husband, he's like, do you want some ibuprofen? I'm like, I just have to go meditate. Like it's the only way to kind of make it go away. But I think that is this self-awareness too, right? That comes from the practice and, and knowing or knowing you need to go to the gym and just move your body, right? And it's not to punish yourself for something you ate or whatever. It's more about moving that stagnant energy, feeling that in your body, and then knowing the tool to help really overcome it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And since you're doing the work and have been meditating for so long, that is why you're so aware of the chart. And that's something I want to emphasize here because a lot of people feel like, oh, with the chart, everything's going to change. No, you already are living the chart, but it's the frequency that you're living the chart. So there's lower frequencies and there's higher frequencies and there's in between. And honestly, it's the fluctuation. That's We don't ever get to the high frequency and stay there. It's about being in the moment, right? in the I moment agree. and not reacting. Yes. I feel like you're probably somebody who doesn't have big reactions. Um, oh my I used to. <laughs> I, I still do every once in a while. It's usually when I feel like somebody in my family or frankly for clients, a lot of times, you know, I've had calls before and they got like, you know, they didn't get the raise that they very clearly deserve. And I will get very defensive, you know, like protective of them. I get very pissed off, right? If it's somebody in my family that I feel like is being threatened in any way or not recognized, I will go to bat for them. But it doesn't always happen, uh, you know, internally, right? It's just like, oh, no, they're totally right. I suck. You know, it's just so much easier to accept that narrative for yourself. So do you feel like that you're more gentle with people? Oh, yeah. About you. Like if something says someone says something about you, you're like, OK, I can deal with that. But when it comes to your family, it's a little bit different. Yeah, because in my mind, if they say something about me, I will. I will like let it in with that open chakra, like the the head, but I do feel like 
I can write it off as like, oh, they're, they're just being an asshole or whatever. I, I really try to preach to like, it's never them. It's always you, right? So if negativity is coming at you, it's very likely not about you at all. It's always the source of the negativity. Um, so I'll notice that in myself too. When I feel like being negative or judgmental, it's like, okay, well, it's actually not them at all. It's me. So it has been a great tool to be able to flip that when I hear some criticism of myself. But where the disconnect is, is that if somebody's criticizing a client, like a coworker or something, then all bets are off. It's like, no, um, I'll just rip them apart. <laughs> like, That's the tribal energy. Cause you have some tribal yeah. energy in your, uh, tri there's tribal individual and collective. So there's the tribal energy. And I wanted to bring up the 37 just because I'm diving into this myself. And I saw that you have this in Mars. 37 is the mother energy, but it's more so of um, mothering, but knowing that vulnerability is your strength. And also it's like protective, like you're very protective of your family. It's the friendship, family, tribal um, gate. So, and a lot of the things that you're saying and feeling, it's like that energy is there. 100%. And I feel like my clients feel like family now too. So the tribe, Miranda, is getting very expansive, um, which is great, right? It's a blessing. But I do feel like there's an opportunity to be able to disconnect and really be able to say, okay, clients and business associates are that. They are not family. And I do not need to protect them at the same level. You know, I have an interest and compassion for them. Um, but it's not the same as somebody trying to come after my child. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. hard to make that distinction sometimes. Yeah, because that feeling is there, that connection. Yeah. Right. And that what you just described was the 3313, which you have that channel. Um, and basically this channel is, it's about passing your experiences and what you've learned about your experiences to others. That's really mm -hmm. what you're here to do. The 13 is like the listening you sit back and listen, but then the 33 is retreating. And I wanted to bring that up because you said retreat. So it's very important for you to listen and be present. But then after it's important for you to retreat and have your space so you don't take that energy in. So huge. Yeah. On days where I've just got a ton of clients, it is, you know, my sweet husband will want to chat about like, how was your day? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> we're not doing that. Like I can't because it's re it's reintroducing it into my vibration, right. To then talk about it again. And it's confidential. So I never say any names or anything, but it could just be like, yeah, it was a heavy day. You know, people are going through a lot of stuff out there, right. People are getting laid off. People are battling cancer. Like there's all of these things. And I am still trying to find a good practice other than just having meditation kind of washed away. So I've incorporated some tapping. I love a sage spray. Like I I'm trying to do things to try to make it a little bit more of an easy routine right after I get off from a heavy call to be able to really disconnect that energy so it isn't something that hangs and drains. Yeah, you are very empath empathetic because you have this emotional solar plexus open. So this is the area where emotions live. It's also creativity, but when it's a very heavy day, this is what happens. You bring this in your emotional solar plexus and then you amplify it because every time everything that we bring in, we actually amplify in our open centers. So you may even experience this more so than your clients do because you yeah. amplify the energy. 
So having a practice afterwards, just like you said, a lot of people will go out um, and walk barefoot to release the yes, energy. Grounding, yeah. Yes, like that. Or I know as a yoga teacher, what we used to do is we'd wash our hands and kind of just shake our hands off, actually, because yeah. it's like releasing the energy. So there's a couple practices that you could after just release, whether it's shaking off, getting outside. And then that way, with the awareness that you have this open and you're taking that in, you can ask yourself, is this energy mine? If it's not, how can I release it? And then go release it. And then you'll no longer be consumed with that heaviness. I love that. And I've got uh, a really good girlfriend who was just on the show in Akashic um, Records medium. And she was saying too, it's really good to say a prayer at night. Like, please return all of my energy meant to, for me and please return any energy to the source of, you know, whatever's not meant for my highest good, right? So it is really, it's like taking back your energy and then returning the energy that you may have absorbed that's not for you. And that's really conditioning. Right. Right? Because it's taking in the energy and beliefs of other people. Right. And that's what we believe that we are and we hold on to it. So now that you're aware of where you have open areas, which is the head, the sacral, the root, and the emotional solar plexus, you can release that energy. You know, this is not my energy. This work energy that I have, because you can definitely work a lot, which you mentioned in the previous podcast. Mm -hmm. It's important for you to release that energy and have downtime because you can go forever if you're borrowing that energy. Do you know if your husband, what type he is? I'm not sure. I know he's not a projector though. Um, that was the one thing. And, but I remember you, you know, when we had initially met and I had you on my show and we knew you were explaining projector, right. It was like waiting for recognition and waiting for the invitation. That was a hard pill to swallow. And a lot of my clients who've taken, um, your quiz and worked with you, their projectors as well. And it's very, that's like a hard profile. I feel like to you, everybody wants to be a generator, a manifest generator. You know what I mean? Like they want to feel like they can they have this semblance of control, right? Which is always an illusion, but it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll work for that and I'll make that happen versus being a projector where at least what I absorbed from that was like, you really do have to like be authentic and wait. And that can, that can be, um, that can cause some anxiety. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. So we can dive into the projector a little bit more. So when you work with a projector, reframing it to resting and self-care as being the priority and then the gift of whatever work when they're recognized will show up for them Mm. so having the space to be able to go for a walk to be able to do like you said go for a coffee or go watch a movie or go connect with a friend that's self-care and what happens is when you're able to do that and you're able to prioritize that as a projector the opportunities come for you to then say, yes, I'm invited. And then it becomes easy and it flows more. But as a projector, because we're in a society that is trained and conditioned to think that we have to do, we have to be, we have to be seen, we have to push out, we have to do all the things. It feels like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not going to be enough. What if this doesn't work for me? What if like nothing happened? So that trust is in there. But as soon as you continue to do that, Things will show up and then you get to have the beautiful life and have the invitations and have the self-care. I know you're so right. I was telling some clients to like, 
and I'm sure I saw it on a TikTok or something. Um, but it was really about like when we, I think it was, I was talking about like getting rid of your vision board. And I had a vision board in my office since, oh my God, since Oprah told us to do it, you know, years, like 20 years ago. And it was filled with things. It wasn't like a lot of material things. It was like going to Africa. It was doing some philanthropic things I wanted to do. It was a certain body type. It was all the stuff, right? And unbeknownst to me, I'm working with clients. And I'll always like glance over, you know, and I would look at it and I thought, okay, this is great. I'm conditioning, you know, my subconscious to like draw these things in, right? Law of attraction. But then I, I heard something that was like, when we do that, we're really limiting um, ourselves and what the universe might have in store for us, where we really just need to be humble to it and say, I know you've got this. I know that you have some epic shit lined up for me. And really what I just need to do is like lean into surrender and trust and just keep following what feels good because then we're in flow, right? In order for it to come. So I ditched my vision board, right? It's totally gone. Like there are no things. There is no, oh, I wanna, you know, do a TED talk or this. No, I don't really care. Like at this point, I think it would be naive to try to put things out there because I'm negotiating against myself in a certain way if I say, this is what needs to happen for me, or this is what I want, because then the universe says, oh, okay, well, I was going to give you something way better. But if this is what you want, then we can try to get you there. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I feel like there's levels to surrender, right? And I feel like I'm finally at this place. And I'm sure there are other ascending levels, hopefully I'll get to. But at this point, I've just kind of stopped planning. I've stopped setting goals because I feel like they're futile. And they are, they do limit you. They limit you. They listen, limit the potential that you can create and who you can be. And it's always like a yes. I always say it's a yes. And like, I love vision boards because I do it in yeah. a free space, but then I do the vision board. I put it away and then it's like, okay, yes. And like, that's good. But what else can show up? I'm not like stuck on this. I'm not focused on this. Like yeah. it's not the only one thing I'm focusing on. Right. So opening up that potential to show me what is best for me. What is aligned for me? What do I need in my life? How am I here to create impact? Just show me and I'll know, especially with you being a splenic, you'll know, but you have to trust that, you know, that's the trick. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, we were talking about Esther and Abraham Hicks in the last show, but like one thing that I learned from using their books as a resource was we don't really even need to say like, you know, I want a top 10 podcast. It was like, it, it would be fun. It could be fun if that was it. So you really kind of like lighten it a bit. It's not so confined of this is what I need to have success. So I always tell clients too, I'm like, let's just write out the wouldn't it be fun if list instead of a, this is a goals list. This is what I'm just going to try to force as a manifestation. It's more just like, it would be fun if You know, I had a job where I got to meet really interesting people and just talk with them all day and then maybe write a little and then maybe go on TV, like, and poof, that's what I have, right? Like, and I think if you can just get in that place of like, I don't need a certain amount of clients a month, or I don't need a New York Times bestseller, right? Or whatever. It's just, I think it would be fun to experience being an author or to be an entrepreneur or whatever it is that is kind of like floating around in your daydreams. Thank you for saying that because um, within my stuff, fun is something that is supposed to be here for me, but I get very serious. Like I'm very serious, but within my charge, like you have to have fun, you have to have fun. So I love, I think that was a gift for me, for you to say that because yeah. it's like reminder, 
fun. Like, like, what are we doing here? Like, what is all of this for? Like, I don't think our souls came down here to be all work and no fun, right? I think we decided to pick this body at this time to experience some wild shit, which we have, right? Um, and probably will continue to. But at That's the same the time, <laughs> that is the fun part. It's like, we would be so bored if everything was just smooth sailing all the time. But to your point, like being able to find the fun in that, um, a metaphor I use with clients is like, it's like we're whitewater rafting, right? Like we can either have fun going down the river with the twists and the turns and getting splashed and the bumps, or we can cling to the side of the raft and try to grab onto rocks to stop the flow because it's uncertain and therefore we can't find the fun in it. But if you can find the fun in the journey, then I think that's like, that's really abundance. That's really success. Agreed. Agreed. I wanted to go into your profile. It's the four six. Um, the four is all about actually networking. So the, the profile is your personality and how you bring it out into the world. So the four is networking, connecting with people. Basically, you receive opportunities through the people, you know, which is the podcasting is great. All the things that you're doing, right? Yes. And then the six has three kind of phases. The first phase is in the beginning, which is kind of like experimenting, living life. The second phase is where you're at now, kind of like you're reflecting, you're healing, you're making decisions on what you've learned in life. And then after the Chiron return, it is the role model phase where you just get to be this brilliant person that you are and people come to you because you're so wise. So hearing that, what comes up for you? Uh, imposter syndrome on the last one. I do feel, <laughs> um, but I do feel like there is a deep yearning for authenticity, you know, right now. And I always tell people to, I'm like, why do you think everybody loves Cardi B? Cause she's keeping it 100, dude. She's so authentic. Like people love vulnerability. They love authenticity. So I really am trying to keep that in mind. Like as I become more visible, because the like Midwest girl in me is like, shut up and sit down. You don't know anything about anything you're talking about. But then this other piece is like, well, who am I to say that, right? Like God, God only knows what people want or what somebody needs to hear that you might say, right? I'm sure you feel the same way. It's like, I think it's what, what happens is we start to get into a dangerous spot where we start to um, censor ourselves and what we're going to say, because we think it might look dumb or this or that. I'm out here saying dumb stuff all the time. And I'm like, as long as it's not hurtful to certain groups of people, you know, let the dumb flow, whatever. And if people don't want to hear it, guess what? You won't be a role model. Like you, that won't be the platforms that are provided to you. Right. Or they're just not the people that are ready. Right. There are many people that are ready to hear it, but there are many people that are not. Every person is not right for you or it might not be right timing, you know, and I love that. that. Yeah. Up. I love that you said authenticity because I wanted to bring that up before we end up closing here. But the 30 in your conscious son, this is about desire. And honestly, you will, you as a person will always have desires. So a lot of people have this thing of, oh, well, I shouldn't want more. I shouldn't desire more. I should be gratitude, like grateful. But as for you, you yeah. will only, you're a person that will always strive and will always want desires. How does that feel? Yeah. I think 10 years ago, I would have felt like, you know, just 
this, I call it toxic gratitude, where it's like, okay, no, just don't want anything else, right? That's how I felt that day in Shavasana, right? We talked about it in the other show, like you have enough. So why isn't this good enough? Why can't you just sit down and be grateful? And I think specifically as women, it is, it's like, take what you can get and say, thank you. And just, and it's, I'm trying to move from a place of gratitude to appreciation because I think it carries a different vibe, right? Gratitude is I'm not worthy, but you gave it to me anyway. Appreciation is you gave it to me. I am worthy of it. And I have appreciation for it, but it doesn't have this undertone of I'm undeserving of this. And, you know, this kind of like, thank you. Thank you. So I really am trying to get to this place of appreciation. I appreciate everything in my life. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't want more and it doesn't have to be physical shit. It can be, you know, it doesn't have to be material things, but do I want like something that I want right now is like more girlfriends in California. Like I had amazing ones in Chicago when I moved here and I really miss them. And I still miss them six years later. I miss having that really tight ride or die squad around you. So I find myself having these desires, but it's for other things. It's not a new car. It's people, it's role models. It's incredible divine connections. Like we have, like just having people come in your life that are always going to add something positive to it. I want to point out that your 30 is in line four. So what that means is through networking, through desire, that deep connection, that network, that's what you're longing for. Yeah, and then you also have the 14, which is all about needing to love the work that you do. Oh, yeah, dude, if you don't like what you're doing, again, what are we what are we here for? Like spending your days. And I know, again, not everybody has the luxury, but yeah, that's one thing I refuse to do. Like I'll I would rather be an Amazon driver. I just do you have a fantasy job. Mine is always like if I wasn't doing this, I would just, I wouldn't be a barista because I think they've got one of the hardest jobs in the world, but I would yeah. be like a postal worker or like an Amazon, you know, cause it would feel good at the end of the day to just like be done. Like when the truck is empty, it's done. You know what I mean? And so I always think about that, like, but I'll be darned if I'm going to go back to the cage I was in before where I was kissing ass to old white guys and trying to hit numbers for them. Mm -hmm. That's never yeah. going to happen again. Well, and the thing is, is here, it's in your unconscious and it's in line six. So that's that role model phase. So mm -hmm. it's really the 14, having the, the love of your work, always loving your work, and also knowing that you'll always have those desires. That's the energy that you're here to put out. That's the energy you're here to bring. And then to stay grounded in that energy is the 29. So it's devotion, staying devoted, staying grounded, and then fulfillment. So basically, if you're fulfilled and you're devoted, the energy is living life through your desires and the love the, of your work. That's what your purpose is. And I feel like that I'm right on purpose. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because you've been doing the work. Totally. That's true. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, I wanted to thank you so much for being here. Is there any last question that you wanted to ask or any insight you wanted to share? No, you're so good. You always hit all of it. I feel like I love that you're out here being a beacon for this work too with human design, because there are still so many people who've never even heard of it. And um, I don't think anybody that has ever come on to work with me and, and it's a prerequisite, right? To find out their human design type. I try to fumble through it a little bit, but uh, for most people, right? I like recommend that they come and have a personal session with you like this, but 
I think what you're doing, again, we talk about a ripple effect. This is going to have a huge one. It's this gift of self-awareness. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for that. And thank you for everything that you do. Like I said before, I'll have everything in the show notes. So if anyone wants to reach out to Elizabeth, connect with her, follow her, get her book. Brilliant, brilliant connection. Um, I love you. Thank you so much. Love you too. Thank you, Miranda. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you next time. My hope is that you walked away with something today that has opened your mind, your heart, or both. Listening to new perspectives not only help you grow and expand, but it helps humanity as a whole. So if you have someone that you feel would benefit from this podcast and you feel that you want to share, please do. Also, would love to connect with you on Instagram. So please follow me at Miranda J. Mitchell. One last thing, if this episode left you with any ahas and insights, take 30 seconds of your time and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way I know you are loving the content and connection in this space. And if you want to know more or wondering how we can work together, please go to Miranda-Mitchell.com. Click on the contact in the menu and send me a message. Sending you all love. Till next time.